I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello. I'm John Patrick Higgins. And these are my strange stories. Why not relax, kick off your shoes, and enjoy the peculiar worlds inside my head. Inside John Patrick Higgins. Please, please, Mr. Postman. The rattling of the letterbox jangled Clive's nerves. Something landed with a gentle plop on the bare boards of his hall floor. Clive peeled himself on the sofa and padded towards the front door, his slippers emitting wet squeaks with each step. It was a letter with a printed address, not handwritten, and in a peculiar grey envelope. The paper was soft, like fraying cloth at the edges, and seemed pressed full of tiny hairs. Clive turned it over in his hands, experiencing a sudden rush of déjà vu. He had seen something very like this, somewhere, a long time ago. There was writing on the back of the envelope, but Clive couldn't read it. It wasn't in English or any of the other languages that, while he couldn't speak them, Clive felt he could at least recognise. Not French, then. It could have been anything. Dutch, Finnish, Swiss. Did the Swiss have a language? He shook the package. It was very light and flat. He bent it. Nothing appeared to be inside. No letter, no bill, no cheque, no nothing. Was this some sort of misfiring advertising campaign, he thought, because if it was trying to intrigue him and tempt him into buying some soon-to-be-revealed miracle product, it had gone badly awry. He was merely annoyed. He tore into the pouch of the envelope and ran his forefinger along the bottom of it. There was something there, as sharp as seeds at the bottom of the packet. He emptied the contents into his palm, There were fingernail clippings. He dropped them immediately. There were, all told, ten of the pale crescent moon shavings on his floor. Which, he supposed, made sense. But whatever could it mean? 
Why would anyone want to send him anonymously a complete set of fingernail pairings? The most squeamish kidnappers ever. But there was no note. And Clive had to admit he was unlikely to be asked to pay anybody's ransom. He had very little money, and besides, he was sorely lacking in significant others. He padded into the kitchen, produced a dustpan and brush from beneath the sink, and returned to painstakingly sweep up the ten pearlescent curls before placing them back into the envelope. He wasn't sure why. The strangeness of this left him unsettled all day, and when later he returned from the shops, he discovered that he had forgotten to buy eggs, despite the fact that they had been on his list. The next morning another letter was fed through the letterbox. Clive went out to investigate and found the second envelope was identical to the first, soft, grey, hairy and light, and with the same words printed neatly on the back. He tore into it and, repulsed, dropped the letter to the floor. A hank of shiny black hair snaked out across his floorboards. He went to the kitchen and returned with salad tongs, which he used to lift the hair, giving it a tentative sniff. It seemed clean enough. It was tied neatly at both ends with velvet bows, making it look like a sleek, black sausage. He dropped the lock back into the package and washed the salad tongs thoroughly in the sink. Then he threw them out. The hair was infinitely more disturbing than the fingernails for reasons he couldn't quite comprehend. Perhaps it was the obscene glossiness of it, its fat luster. He could see now that it fairly bulged in its envelope. It had weight. And then there was the colour Clive was certain that if the hair had been red or blonde, he would not have been as disgusted. But it had been dark, black really, bestial, somehow more horrid, especially perhaps of what it implied. And this was a cushion stuffed full of implication. The first envelope, whatever it was for, could have been a mistake, a computer or human error. But this second package made a liar of that notion. It proved that the packages were meant for Clive. Somebody, somewhere, was sending Clive Barrow body parts in the post. He racked his brains, but for the life of him he couldn't imagine that anyone he knew would want to send him an envelope full of hair. He couldn't think that he had ever intimated to anyone that he required a bag of hair or a packet of finger offcuts. He couldn't imagine a practical application for the items. Clive was a quiet man. He kept himself to himself and always had done. He didn't make friends easily, but neither did he do it lightly. He was certain that the few people that he did call friends would be unlikely to send him discarded body parts in the mail. He put the second envelope with the first in an alcove in the kitchen next to a stack of cookery books and stared at them. What could they mean? The next day was a Sunday. No post. Clive sat in his adequate garden. It was a bright, sunny day, but his garden shivered under shadow, as though hidden beneath permanent cloud. 
He had managed to angle his chair so that at least his feet were warm. A fat stripe of sunlight bordered the garden. He had poured himself a beer and settled into a Dick Francis he knew as intimately as an old friend. This was Clive's happy place. The gentle murmur of the traffic, the static hum of meandering insects, a beer and a book and a little bit of warm. It wasn't much, but it was all his, inviolate. A womb with a view. The doorbell rang, as Clive knew it had to. It was inevitable. What was peace without puncture? How could he ever imagine that he could be left alone to sit, to read, to wriggle his toes? He could not. He stood, knees cracking, slipped into his slippers and made his way slowly toward the front door, his head heavy. There was a large brown and grey outline through the beveled glass. As he drew closer, he knew what the grey portion of the figure was. "'Good morning, squire!' said the man, clutching the parcel. "'Hello,' said Clive. "'Radiant day, sir. The sun is splitting the stones, isn't it?' "'Yes,' said Clive. "'Do you know, sir, it's on days like these I'm glad of the opportunity to wear shorts.' Get a bit of air to the old stick and berries. Clive didn't know what to say to that. The man was tall and surprisingly old to be a parcel courier, Clive thought. He also had an alarmingly bright smile in a dark, weather-beaten face. Clive found him rather unnerving. Would you like to sign for this at all? said the courier. It's got your name on it. Has it? How would you know that? Well, you live here, don't you? Alone? Then it must be yours. Take it. It was a parcel identical to the others he had received, except much larger, just under a metre in length, with the ending hinged to the last foot of its length. There was string around this one, hairy, old-fashioned-looking string. The man held it out. You'll have to sign for it, he said. Special delivery. What is it? said Clive. I'm not privy to that information, Squire. If I were to take a sneaky peek at your goods and chattels, I would be breaking the law. I am your humble carrier pigeon, sir. This is the message. I am merely the medium. The package stood equidistant between the pair. Clive's arms, pinned to his sides, resolutely refused to meet it. Who's it from? he said. The courier's enormous smile dimmed as if a bulb within him had blown. He placed the package on end in front of him and fished around in his breast pocket, retrieving a pair of half-moon glasses which he perched upon the end of his nose. Then he demonstratively lifted the parcel to his face and read the label aloud. It says, Utgarda Loki Postorda Industria, he said. And looking up, he added, I believe that's Swedish, sir. This intelligence rather rattled Clive, who had no information on Sweden whatsoever. I don't know anyone in Sweden, he said. Why are the Swedes sending me packages? The courier merely smiled and held out an electronic device with a bookie's pen attached to it. I don't want it, said Clive. It's yours, said the man. I'm not putting it back in the van. Sign. 
He leaned in, his tanned face an infernal red, his eyes empty white crescents. Clive noticed row upon row of black dots peppering his lips. He took the pen and scribbled his name on the glass screen of the electric notepad. The courier's smile threatened to spit his face as he leaned back, placing the notebook in the pocket of his baggy shorts. For the first time, Clive noticed the badging on his uniform. The courier company was called AIP. The courier returned his glasses to his pocket and turned off down the path towards his van. Clive watched him uncertainly from the doorway. "'Don't forget your package, sir!' cried the courier, climbing into his van. Clive absently bent at the knees and cradled the package to his chest. "'It's warm!' he said. The courier drove off with a wave. Clive took the package into the house and into the kitchen and set it down with the others. He took his kitchen scissors from the cutlery drawer and let them hover momentarily over the string on the package. Then he returned the scissors to the drawer and went into the living room, where he sat, his fingers knotted, and with a look of intense concentration on his face. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When the next day a courier arrived with another package, Clive was relieved to see that it was not the same man as the day before. This courier was short and balding, with a sniff and a distracted air, and from a company that Clive had actually heard of. The packaging was the same. Today's package was larger still, and heavier, the size of a small suitcase with two lumps on what Clive took to be the front. It was even warmer than the previous day's delivery. He placed it with the others, and as he lifted it, he thought that he detected a faint tremor reverberating through it, shallow but rhythmic and steady. As it sat on his kitchen counter, 
next to an envelope full of hair and his microwave. He imagined that he could see a slight shudder ripple and crease the paper, pressing it over the taut string so that it bulged like a joint of meat. Clive was a timid man who had spent a lifetime avoiding every kind of excitement, but even his stunted bonsai curiosity was pricked by these four packages. Sleeping that night, he was troubled by uneasy dreams that he was unable to recall upon waking. The next day's delivery, from a small mustachioed man in brown overalls and affecting a pocket watch, was like a smaller version of the AIP delivery, a longish package with a jointed end. Clive took it and placed it with the others. His kitchen was beginning to look rather Christmassy. He moved the packages to the living room, the large oblong flanked by the two longer, thinner parcels. The envelopes with their sharp and hairy contents were laid out in front of them. He had the strangest idea that collected together the objects reminded him of something that had been disassembled or perhaps was incomplete and was awaiting assembly by someone with a greater grasp of design than he possessed. And yet he recognised a sort of compromised formalism to the components. There was a naggingly familiar pattern to them. He sat back in his armchair with a beer in his hand and stared at the knobbly monolith and its slighter sentinels. On two occasions he went into the kitchen to retrieve his scissors and twice he hovered over the strings of the larger parcel, once again noting the subtle undulations beneath the paper, the rhythmic tautening of the string. But each time he retreated back into the safety and ignorance of his chair his beer sweating on the armrest. When he went to bed that night, he left the lights on in both the living room and the bedroom and was haunted by nebulous cloying visions, stump-fingered blunted hands clawing from shadows, a tailor's dummy sliding erratically on a single caster, the obscene meaty fist of a heart stitched onto its padded torso. These dreams, when he awoke, he remembered and he clung to the coiled bedsheets, gasping, his body pricked with icy pins. It was light in the room. He remembered he had slept with the bedside lamp on, but the quality of the light was all wrong, blue, not amber. He looked at the clock. It was eleven in the morning. He had slept in. He fell back into the sheet, still exhausted. His subconscious exertions had ruined any chance of rest, he shut his eyes, padded his hand about on the bedside table, shut off the lamp and attempted some further uninterrupted sleep. The doorbell rang. He pulled the covers over his head. He could forego a package, just for one day. He could take a day off. They would be back again tomorrow anyway. He had resigned himself to the fact that his home had become a storage repository for unopened, unwanted, unasked-for Swedish goods. But he could go one day without a delivery. If he could sleep today, he would have the strength to open the packages tomorrow. He would do it. He would face his demons down and snip the string. Whatever there was inside, whatever was soft and warm and gently rising and falling, he would face it. He just needed some sleep.
The doorbell rang again. Clyde scrunched his eyes shut and gritted his teeth. He could sit this out. They would leave a card and go away. They would come back tomorrow. The doorbell rang again, a long, low ring, like the growl of a jealous dog. Clive felt his knuckles whiten around his bedsheets, his toes curled and uncurled. There was a momentary silence, and then the bell rang again in short, stabbing interludes, angry and relentless. And Clive knew that there was to be no respite and no escape. He got to his feet, plodded down to the front door with the grim resolution of a man approaching the gallows. There was, as he knew there would be, a familiar figure behind the bevel glass. It could only have been the AIP courier. Good morning, Mr Barrows. Special delivery. The man beamed, the whiteness of his teeth cutting like a sigh through the charred stubble of his face. He was carrying a stick in his right hand. His left pressed a package against the swell of his belly. There were faint tattoos on his arms. A Gordian knot of writhing snakes, blurred, empty and indistinct. The package was grey and, as usual, neatly wrapped. There was no string this time. It was not quite a cube, being slightly elongated. It might have contained a large toaster. Clive was fairly certain that it didn't. The courier held out the box, and Clive accepted it without argument. That's it, said the man. Oh, yes. Clive noticed for the first time that the courier's tongue was pierced. He shivered. That's it. We're finished. Our business is concluded. Our transactions have been actioned. My work here is done. As soon as you sign my chit, I shall be gone, in a puff of the proverbial. Really, said Clive. But yes, Mr Barrow, said the courier, holding out his electronic notepad. When I get your John Hancock on that screen, we are a done deal. I shall never darken your doorbell again. Clive took the pen and scribbled his name urgently. Don't sign your life away, Clive, said the courier, leaning forward his tanned face inches from Clive. Clive took a step back, the package now pressed against his stomach. The contents shifted. Right, I'm away, said the courier, spinning on his heel and striding down the path in a single movement, his twirled stick an obvious affectation. Bon chance, Clive, he called. Faint heart and all that. Clive took the package inside and set it down in front of the others, he sat cross-legged on the floor. It did seem to him that the collection was now complete, as though the final piece had been added, the last component. This final parcel was subtly different to the others. Halfway down the right-hand side was a small plastic bag stapled to the box. Clive snatched at the bag. It contained a collection of Allen keys and a folded label as well as the familiar Utgarda Loki Postorda Industria, there was an extra word, Schalvorganisering. Clive picked up the box. It was heavy, and as he shook it, the contents moved again, tipping towards him. He set it down on the floor. There was a small discoloured patch on the front of the box, about of a third of the way up. He ran a finger over it. 
It was warm and damp. He looked closer. There was a small bubble rising and falling in a quiet and measured way, in the same way that the larger box had done. He picked it up and placed it on top of the largest box. The undulations were perfectly synchronised. No, he looked closer. The smaller box was a fraction of a second ahead, and the vibrations were stronger and more localised. The stain was getting darker too, and the paper starting to blister. Soon, whatever was in the parcel would be getting out. With his thumbs and forefingers, Clive tore into the paper. Inside John Patrick Higgins was brought to you by the colour blue and the letter G. Written and performed by John Patrick Higgins, it was produced and edited by Graham Watson. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.